Stella Belafonte here, and thank you for joining me at my table on this Tuesday for another tasty top pick. We're going to have an appetizer because I'm greedy. Then there's the main course, which is what brought you here in the first place. And we'll end things with a sweet dessert. Boy, have I ever. I hope you're hungry. Enjoy. Hey, hey, Stella Belafonte here, and welcome to my table for another tasty topic. I don't know if you can tell that I'm smiling. I'm one of those people that when I smile, I think you can see my smile through the phone. I had a guy tell me that once. He said that when he spoke to me, he could tell that I was smiling even through a phone call. And that was actually something that he loved about me. So again, welcome to my table. And the reason why I'm smiling, I'm going to get right into it. Last week, Tuesday, Tasty Tuesday, May 31st, I uploaded my first partial recording of a tasty topic with my special guest, actor, and friend Lance Liverpool and that was a, it was a hit like that I'm just gonna say it was a hit I got so much feedback responses and fanfare and it was so unexpected and I'm so proud of myself I was nervous you know I was worried about how I looked on camera because that day I really wasn't feeling my best but we did a good thing a really really good thing and again, I'm just proud of me. I'm grateful to Lance. And we had so much fun. We're both ready to do it again. People are clamoring for more. They want to hear more of what Lance has to say. I appreciated all of the feedback and critique. And I just want to let you all know something right off the bat. It was told to me that, you know, outside of the accolades and the applause, that it seemed like, for the most part, you know, a lot of times it, it, it appeared as if, you know, I kind of overtook the topic or overtook the topic. Let me explain what happened. Again, this was a partial recording. So any of you all who only watched the YouTube recording portion, you need to understand that that was the part that I had turned the table over to Lance. And he was actually asking me my questions. So it was my turn to have the floor. And if you wanted to get the gist of from the mind and mouth of a man, you would have to listen on streaming platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast. So again, I enjoyed myself. It was a beautiful thing. Look, we did a thing. We did a thing. And it was a great thing. So in the spirit of this upcoming summer season, what I have to offer to you all today is a picnic basket. I'm just going to go in. It's just going to be several different items, like things that's on my mind, things going on in the world that keep me up at night. And here goes. Let's get into my mentals. Woo! My mentals, my mentals. I'm trying. Each day is a struggle. I worry about um, my health. Again, I'm going through vertigo symptoms. I had a doctor's appointment where I was told that my vertigo symptoms are probably my fault. I haven't been taking care of myself. And um, again, I don't want to get into the full details of it. 
let's just say that because somebody has clear skin and sharp white teeth and their eyes look good, don't think that they're in good health. Deep down inside, that person could really be falling apart physically. And at this point, I'm one of those women. I always get compliments on how clear my skin is. Um, I fell off the wagon, by the way, speaking of my skin. I was on this 90-day meatless journey, and I went to an event where vegan options were not available, and that's it. I dived right back in. It it, it was like I I had never left. (laughs) But you know what? It was fun, and I'm back on meat in my mouth, but I, I, I need to learn to pace myself and not continue ruining my health but again back to my original thought just because somebody looks good doesn't mean that they're all they are good I just saw a post about a young woman she was a video vixen from the early 2000s if you all remember Nelly's video hot in her she was the beautiful baddie and her name escapes me right now and I feel so bad about it in the video with Nelly just dancing and looking all glamorous with her sexy chocolate skin and long flowing hair. She was so slim and pretty. And I saw a post yesterday that she died of a brain aneurysm at 38 years old. And I can just imagine that this woman probably still was beautiful, hair flowing, skin glowing, and had no idea that this was something that was going to take her, you know, take her away from us or, you know, just walking around sick like that. And because she was looking good, again, people just assumed that she was doing all right. I got another example years ago at in a job that I had, you know, um, it was a young lady that I worked with named Rose. Yes, I'm going to call her out. Rest in peace, Rose. Rose was a beautiful Latina woman who was really tough and strong. She had, again, long flowing hair, always upbeat and good spirits. And Rose is really sick, like really, really sick. But Rose looked so good and carried herself so well that up until her very last days, there were people in that godforsaken place that I worked at. Well, I won't, I, I won't say God forsaken. It was a good place with God forsaken motherfuckers. They were spreading rumors that they thought that Rose was lying or that she was just making up being sick to have time off from work. And you know what? Rose died. And I'm so sorry that she's gone. But I'm more sorry that nobody believed that she was sick because she didn't look sick. So, again, that's what's going on with my mentals. You know, um, worrying myself up a wall over my health. Um, Also, worrying about my podcast. Yes, I intend to bring my tasters great content every week so today like i said it's gonna be a picnic basket let's start with the first part of the picnic basket first item we're gonna talk about food because i am so greedy so for today's appetizer we're gonna talk about instant waffles and um frozen turkey sausages how you can make them taste like gourmet meals i've been doing this for years and i want to shout out natalie there's a woman named natalie that I was in a group home in Dobbs Ferry, New York with years ago. Let me tell you about Natalie, who helped me improve my semi-gourmet skills. This group home that we lived in provided us with lots and lots of food, but our spice options were really limited. 
they felt that ketchup, hot sauce, salt, pepper, and a block of butter was enough to hold us down and because of natalie look a beautiful jamaican diva oh my goodness from kingston jamaica who grew up in queens natalie was actually one of the oldest young ladies in the house and well it was old at the time to us she was 19 years old and so she had the most life experience i was about 14 15 natalie was 19 and she was not into no processed um factory food bullshit she needed her food to have some taste so this is where i'm going with it they would send us frozen waffles once a week like stacks and stacks of frozen waffles and frozen pancakes and i watched natalie get in the kitchen one morning and she told me she was like this is what you do we're gonna make this taste like something and natalie put that skillet on the stove and melted butter in the pan and she fried frozen waffles the way you would a grilled cheese sandwich and when i tell you taste this i've been doing it like that ever since i have made men happy with breakfast my frozen waffles fried in the pan with butter i remember i had a guy that i was seeing years ago i told him i was making waffles he was like you got a waffle maker i said i got no damn waffle maker and he just lay waiting for his breakfast in bed and when i bought the food to him he said wait a minute these is frozen waffles because most people are used to putting their eggos and and whatever they downy flakes god i'm old they don't even make downy flakes anymore but you know just throwing them in a toaster and spreading them with butter and mm -mm, that's whack natalie taught me better natalie girl wherever you at in the world um i miss you i've tried to find you in social media and i can't i hope you somewhere fabulous chefing it up for for others well anyway that's the first portion of my picnic basket and in the spirit of the Juneteenth season let's talk about what's going on with all of this Juneteenth madness I don't know if all of you have heard but a few weeks ago Walmart got a lot of flack for their great value line of food I know you heard about this because it came out with a Juneteenth ice cream flavor Juneteenth ice cream damn it it was red velvet and cheesecake all in one shot and I ain't gonna lie to you it actually sounded pretty damn good but they got a lot of flack for it um and I think the flack was because it's like for so many years for for decades I guess you could even say centuries um well since Juneteenth was established nobody gave a damn about that holiday I didn't even know about Juneteenth until hanging out with a girlfriend in Texas and when I heard that they celebrated this thing I was impressed and I was actually sad because we didn't celebrate Juneteenth certainly not in the northern states so for all of you who don't know let me give you a little background Juneteenth is a federal holiday in the U.S. commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African Americans it is also often observed for celebrating African American culture Originating in Galveston, Texas, it has been celebrated annually on June 19th in various parts of the U.S. since 1865. So, there you have it. You know, since Juneteenth, we've only been celebrating it um, statewide since the pandemic, since the Black Lives Matter movement 2020. And a lot of people just see Juneteenth as the Black Fourth of July. And as much as I appreciate it, um, it's a lot more to it. 
But Walmart with the cheesecake red velvet ice cream, I feel like it was overkill. And then I saw a story that there was some museum in one of these states. Got to be some old redneck hillbilly state or um, what you calling these red states. And in honor of Juneteenth, the museum in their cafeteria area was offering a watermelon salad option. It's like you got to be fucking shitting me. If doing too much had a face, had a picture watermelon salad would be it we don't need watermelon salad let me tell you something tasters i'm not one of these black people who's ashamed of my food choices um worrying about somebody thinking that i'm too much of the nigga for eating them i'm not gonna eat fried chicken in shame i'm not gonna eat watermelon in shame but one thing i don't do i don't really watermelon salad like we don't even cook like that. And I got to be real with you. I've actually had watermelon in a salad. And it was at one of these so-called southern restaurants here in Brooklyn. And I guarantee you that that place is either not black owned or whoever came up with that dish just assumed that that is something that blacks would love. And you know what? I, I ain't going to lie. I indulged because I wanted to try it. You know, it was on the menu, but... It was a hard no for me. Um, Again, I've been eating watermelon since I was a child. And my grandfather would actually buy big, ripe, juicy watermelons. Oh, even further back, I'm 45 years old. And there was actually a man who would come through the streets of Brooklyn in a, a pickup truck. It would look like Fred Sanford's old pickup full of watermelons and they actually called him the watermelon man so you know a lot of people you know they like to forget these things to act like these things didn't happen or like shit like this is something to be ashamed of it's nothing to be ashamed of but what we don't need is watermelon salads what we don't need is red velvet cheesecake made by the great value people you know what I feel if we are gonna have food items like this with you know watermelon and fried chicken and cheesecake you know thinking that this is the type of stuff that black people enjoy I feel like the issue is who's making it who's presenting it to us let black people come out with a product like that like I heard that there's a sister who just came out with a line of ice cream the first black line of ice cream with flavors that she feels will will, you know will enjoy and that kind of made me sad like as I go along it kind of sickens me that there's still so many black firsts like, we never had a black ice cream line or ice cream maker. Like, even though it's a wonderful thing, it's like, damn. Like, let that sister present us with some red velvet cheesecake ice cream. Let her come up with the design for the packaging. And, oh, that's another thing that was insulting. There was a picture of, like, animated black hands giving each other the high five. Or maybe they was praise hands on an ice cream container. Again, fucking overkill. And, you know, the first thing that a lot of these um, white product makers and designers would like to say is that there was no racist intent behind it. And you know what? I find it, it I find it easy to believe. But that's white ignorance. And that's something that I wish white people would get past. Like you shouldn't get a pass for being ignorant to black culture because they're not ignorant to any other culture you know when it's chinese new year they're not coming out with um green tea ice cream with pictures of dragons all over it 
the great value company. I ain't never seen anything like that. You know, for the 4th of July, I've never seen food products with, um, you know, how about a cherry pie flavored ice cream with pictures of white people playing banjos and chewing straw on the container. Like until you start coming out with shit like that, then, you know, I, I, I believe that you're just so ignorant to our needs and what affects us. And you know what? It's, it's funny. I guess they probably saying we, we don't, we don't know what make y'all niggas happy. We just can't get it right. But that's the problem. Stop trying to make us happy and get us get shit right with ice cream and 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 cake and shit like that. How about um reparations? Like really working on some reparations and stop that bullshit about welfare was our reparations. Now that's some insulting shit. But anyway, um that's just the first section of my picnic basket. And oh, Next, we're going to get into a little uh, love and romance in the picnic basket. I want to shout out to the young lady in an episode of Eight at the Table. If you don't watch Eight at the Table, you should get into it. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on YouTube. It is a black series um, regarding black love and black issues. And they all sit and they debate. And they talk and they get into issues about black love and romance. And it's a wonderful thing. They invite different guests and they just let the guests just go for it. Like have at it, whatever you're feeling or whatever the topic is. I want to hear what you got to say. So anyway, I brought eight at the table up to shout out um, a young lady who let the world know that she practices hypergamy. That's right. That's right, tasters, hypergamy. And she said it loud and clear. I don't know about the rest of you, but I follow hypergamy, not hypergamy. Hypergamy, in simple terms, is a woman's inclination to marry the best man she can find. It stems from an inherent biological motivation to get pregnant with the best genes possible. Pregnancy is a huge investment of time and resources for a woman, so naturally, she wants the best outcome that she can get. Well, homegirl said that she uh, practices hypergamy because if she works at Con Ed, Con Ed Tasters, she is not screwing her co-worker that she works side by side with. She's screwing only the supervisor. Um, I just want to let this sister know if anyone ever puts something onto this eight at the table, if you hear me and you're listening, hypergamy has nothing to do with screwing bosses on the job. That's called fucking at work. Um, Hypergamy is much deeper and bigger than that. It's definitely about dating and marrying up. Up, 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 up. Up was to the point where a woman no longer has to work, where a woman no longer has to provide financially. That is true hypergamy, sis. So anyway, away from the hypergamy, you know, we keep hearing all this shit about, look, again, speaking of Juneteenth, black excellence, that term gets thrown around a lot. Black excellence, black excellence. And I got to be honest with you, tasters, 2022, what are we, six months in? I ain't seeing a lot of black excellence going on. You all might not like this, but I got to get into it. Because, again, this is um, some of the things on my mind that keep me up at night. So, I'm going to um, 
pull some of the, 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 the garbage out of the picnic basket. Let's get rid of the items that we, we don't really want to taste. But, um, yeah, this leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, a lot of the shit that's been going on, I'm going to consider this a bad year for blackness and not black excellence. I don't even know where to start because so much crap has been going on. But we're going to start with the slap. If you all know, we've discussed this. In March of this year, your boy, Will Smith, um, finally Oscar-winning actor and rapper, walked onto the Academy stage for the Academy Awards where he was being presented with his very first Oscar and slapped the fuck out of comedian Chris Rock. People say that to this day, they're on the fence about whether or not it was just a hoax, if it was just all smoke and mirrors for TV, for ratings. Regardless of the fact, it wasn't a good look. Now, if that's the type of Illuminati ritual humiliation shit, people are out here suffering for the money, God bless them, because it, it was a terrible thing. So that that definitely wasn't black excellence. That was a bad year for blackness. And then let's talk about how it's been a bad year to ride the New York City subway system. And tasters, for all of you that know, I work underground, and there has literally been some real bullshit going on let's start with the doodle man in february of 2022 yes tasters i call him the doodle man in february of this year there was a man uh uh, actually a rather well put together young man on the surface black man in his 30s walking the streets well the subways of new york city namely the bronx with a bag of his own feces just waiting to smear it on someone. And it was caught on camera. He did it. We had a man in New York City walk up to a woman who was sitting on a subway bench, waiting on a train, waiting on a friend, just waiting, minding her business, and take out this bag. And honestly, even though the video footage is blurred, it looked like a really large bag. Like, how many days did it take to get a pile that large to be walking with and he grabbed this woman by her neck snatched this sitting woman and smeared her face with shit from her face to her neck and as you could tell she tried to yank herself away he pulled her back to smear it more i have one of my closest girlfriends yeah i'm shouting you out on this one when i tell you she laughed so hard i told her i said if it were me girl i would have snatched that bag and i'd have smeared him and so much of that shit they wouldn't know who attacked who can you fucking imagine well that was february then about two months later in april just a few weeks ago Man, a man, another black man who decided to get on the train in New York City and just open fire. Closed, waited until the subway doors closed down, filled the subway up with, I don't know, he had like a a smoke can or some type of smoke effect, put a mask on, like a gas mask, and just started popping at people. (laughs) Like, who the fuck does that? Again, that is not black excellence. Then we got Nick Cannon. Oh, my God. When I tell you, I'm going to call him out. This man is a fucking disgrace. Tasters, I don't want to hear nothing about Nick Cannon's money. I don't want to hear about his tribe. I don't want to hear about his illness. Nick Cannon is a youngish 
successful black man who is just aimlessly swinging his dick all around the world and getting everybody pregnant. Well, not everybody, not me, not none of our black asses, but every non-black beauty that he's attracted to, just getting them pregnant. And they're all having his babies. And people are calling it his harem. No, this nigga is running a Hugh Hefner style Playboy Bunny Ranch. And to me, it ain't nothing cool about it, tasters. You know, people love to talk about men with money and how they can do what they what they want with it. But let's be real. Let's look at men with like huge money. Look at the multi multi millionaires. I ain't talking about the Nick Cannons. Look at the billionaires, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. You know, men like that. I don't think that they take pride in just having babies with everybody and calling it a tribe and all this shit about generational wealth. Let me tell you something I have observed tasters, maybe not in the, you know, going as far with it as Nick Cannon, because his numbers are outrageous at this point. No shade, no joke. I have lost count. Somebody made a comment the other day that while Nick Cannon's on baby number 17, and even though it was a joke, I wonder, like, is it number 17? Apparently, he's got two women pregnant right now, and one of the women is pregnant with twins. But I did say I have an aha moment with that shit. The twins thing, that runs in his family because he gave Mariah a set of twins. Now there's another woman pregnant with twins by him. But again, I was talking about multi-billionaires and men with like huge wealth. They know that wealth is in the bloodline. And to just aimlessly have children with several different women that you are not legally bound to. There's no guarantee of any sort of generational wealth. And it seems like with these men, like when you look at men from back in the days, you hear stories of men like Ray Charles and B.B. King. And after their deaths, they just had children or alleged children just scattered around the globe with no ties to their dead father and no access to this so-called generational wealth. So... The whole thing about Nick Cannon being able to fuck how he want and get everybody pregnant because of all his money is fuck shit. It's bullshit. And I don't want to hear the generational wealth shit. Honestly, I feel like he's a loser. You're creating broken homes. You're not married to any of these women. Um, I feel like what's going on is some real cesspool shit. I would love to know what their STD results are like because you can't tell me. What is he fucking mermaids? Is everybody just a, a, a motherfucking, um, you know, these, these unreal, are, are they dolls? Because I know my body and I know, um, when women around me talk about their bodies, I wouldn't want to just fuck behind most of the women that I know. And I'm sure they wouldn't want to fuck behind me just based on health alone. You don't know what I got going on um, between my legs. I don't know what you got going on between your legs, sis. And if all of us are just fucking the same man raw, I can only imagine what's going on between everybody's legs. A veritable fucking Petri dish. It's fucking disgusting. Nick needs to be stopped. And this is on the tail end of the man declaring that he was about to be abstinent. Took a vow of celibacy. You know, this was supposed to be, um, you know, Monsignor Nick out here with his turban on, not fucking everybody. And let me see where that went. And to end it all with this bad year for blackness what the fuck is really going on with 
comedian Monique and D.L. Hughley. Again, if you're not familiar with the story, Monique is mad at the world. She's been mad at the world since about 2009 after the movie Precious. She's finally back, you know, on the block after making phony amends with, um, what's the director's name? The one that Dame Dash was going to punch in the face, Lee Daniels. You know, they made their amends. 50 Cent jumped in on this, you know, promised that he's going to bring some life to her. And homegirl is five minutes out the hole. Just dug herself out the hole and already on the attack. Her and D.L. Hughley got into it in the worst way about a week ago at a stage show, a comedy show in Maryland. Some stupid ass back and forth that I don't even care to get into. But either way, she chose to use that stage to tear D.L. Hughley a new one. She was so disrespectful and her words were so vile that he started pulling out big words when he um, explained himself about the situation. I had to look up the words that D.L. was using to talk about what Monique made him feel. He said that she totally eviscerated him on that stage and to have to perform behind her. I'm like, damn, Monique, you just got back out here and you out here eviscerating motherfuckers you and your daddy and oh tasters let me tell you when it comes to black love and romance it is fine when you refer to your man as daddy as a sexy nickname as a pet name behind closed doors but when you are standing waiting to be seated at a restaurant and the server comes to you all the hostess and says your table is ready you should not be out loud saying come on daddy our table is ready when you are waiting at the bank to see if your loan is approved and they call you to come sign your paperwork you should not be saying come on daddy let's go sign these papers I was mortified I watched a couple of um lives that Monique did with her daddy and um I don't get it and it was told to me I never heard her say this but I was told that the reason why she refers to this man as daddy is because he raised her how long her and this man been together Monique and her daddy Sydney not even 20 years maybe 20 years but either way I know for a fact that when she got with this man she was already divorced she had already had a child and then she got with him so where did he raise you at I don't like hearing um women talk about being raised by men unless that actually happened and that's still icky to me even when you had these um back in the days may december romances where big mama was 30 years younger than her husband and tell me yeah you know he raised me he shouldn't have he shouldn't have that that that's a whole child molester pedophilia but if you met a man anytime after your 25th birthday and you were already divorced and had a child this man is not raising you he may be helping you grow but I am never going to give any man credit for raising me. Not my Batman, not any man. And to end it all with this bad year for blackness, the black fuckboys came. Their Lord and Savior, the black man's Christ, Kevin Samuels, left the building. Winter came for Kevin high-value man Samuels. And these black men are out here lost. They don't know what to do. I had a man at work who um, listens to my podcast. And, I, you know, I appreciate that he listens. But um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, 
I didn't expect that he would listen. He didn't seem like the type. He walked up to me and said, Stella, if you could do this, I feel like I, I could do the shit too. You know, since Kevin Samuels done died, and this is exactly how he was talking. He said, you know, since Kevin Samuels done died, um, I feel like I could pick up where he left off. And you know what? It scares me to think that he probably can. But that's the end of the bad year for blackness. We got a couple of months left in this year. Let's do some good shit. Let's get it right. You know, let, let, let's not smear shit on nobody. No more shooting and, 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 and craziness and calling men that we support financially. No calling them daddy. Let, let, let's step our game up. But um, on a softer note, I want to say rest in peace and send out love to all of the victims of all the mass shootings of late, namely the Buffalo Massacre in Buffalo, New York, where a young white man who was out of his mind decided that he was going to go call a duty on black people at a supermarket out of nowhere on a Sunday. I think it was a Sunday. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, simply because he didn't like black folks and just started popping at black people randomly. And the camera footage, it was like a fucking video game. And I pray that we don't ever have another tragedy like that. Even though we had another one after that, but this one really affected me because a man decided to specifically shoot at blacks and made it clear that that was his aim and that was his goal and I just couldn't believe the boldness of it all and in 2022 I'd love to to see what's going to happen to him and with him so again it's been a a bad year for blackness and I hope that all the, the bullshit ends let's get some good stuff going so on a lighter note um here's some good stuff out of the picnic basket I did my first Q&A on Instagram and I asked my listeners, tasters, what type of topics they would like to hear or see from Stella. And I got so many great responses. I have one taster say that they would be interested in hearing things about polyamory. Then there was a taster who said that they are interested in Stella's adventures from high school up until present day. I got a lot of that to share. And um, I also wondered, you know, what are people interested in? Are you interested in real life, real time shit or, you know, the celebrity world? And I was told by more than one taster that they like how I'm doing it, that as long as I mix it up, you know, a little bit of both from column A and B. So that's good. I'm going to do that. Then I had one taster who said that he's interested in knowing about my my most mind-blowing experiences. And just reading that, oh, shout out to you, Taster, because you know who you are. When he said my most mind-blowing experiences, it just made me close my eyes and say, oh, Stella, don't give him too much. Don't hurt him. Speaking of not giving him too much and not hurting him, there's another taster. I'm going to shout out uh, my boy Trev. He's referring to this as my, the summer of Stella because he follows me on IG. And, oh, and if you don't follow me on IG, you should. I, mean, I don't do much. I do a little something. I have two pages. I have my Tasty Top Picks page. And I also have my personal page. Oh, you can find me at Stella Belafonte. Well, anyway, my boy Trev has called this the summer of Stella. 
And what it started with was me and my girl Lachey. This is how I fell off the meatless bandwagon. We went to Kwanzaa Crawl a few weeks ago. I think it was the 22nd of May on a Sunday. Well, either way, Kwanzaa Crawl was excellent. Now, again, we all know that Kwanzaa happens the day after Christmas, but Kwanzaa Crawl was postponed because of the pandemic. So they reset it for this year. And when I tell you it was fucking lit, Stella was drunk. Stella was eating fried shrimp and and, and French fries and drinking to her heart's content. So the whole point of Kwanzaa Crawl is um, it's a pub crawl supporting black business. It's run by two beautiful sisters from Brooklyn. If you don't follow the Kwanzaa Crawl page on ID on IG, excuse me, you should. It's run by two beautiful sisters. I think they're both from Brooklyn and um, they've been doing it every year for the past few years. And they said that this one was the biggest ever, which I imagine that it would be because the weather was nice. It was a gorgeous day. It was actually in the 90s. And what Kwanzaa Crawl does is you buy your ticket, your bracelet in advance you you just pay for entry into different bars and restaurants all across whichever two boroughs you pick it's either between Brooklyn or Harlem and although I've experienced Harlem Kwanzaa Crawl and I wanted to do it again Harlem sold out fast and I ended up having to do Kwanzaa Crawl Brooklyn and it did not disappoint we were just just dipping out of various bars um I want to shout out Lips Bar on Nostrand Avenue in Brooklyn. That was one of the greatest in my Kwanzaa Crawl experience. And Gold Room BK, super lit. Trap, trill music. That's where I, um, you know, had my fried shrimps and french fries and the liquor was strong. And you're in groups. You're split up in groups. It's like a clash trip. And you're just going with your group and your group leader. You have about two group leaders that take you in and out to different bars that you've already signed up for and it's a wonderful thing again supporting black business black owned restaurants and bars and just having a good time and you know not no bullshit no street shit no nigga shit you're not just going to be running into you know a, a bunch of knuckleheads because what they do with Kwanzaa Crawl is unlike SantaCon where I think you're just running in and out of different bars getting drunk with Santa costumes on Kwanzaa Crawl actually they lock in these restaurants and bars they connect with these restaurant and bar owners and they lock it down for a whole day for Kwanzaa Crawl and your group gets to enjoy every restaurant and bar in increments of two and a half hour slots so yeah Kwanzaa Crawl if you ain't into it you need to get into it and um I'm looking forward to hanging out with a group called fun with friends follow them on instagram too again these are black groups everything is black black blackity black and i love it well fun with friends they do all types of events they do carnivals and fairs they go hiking they have drinking parties and i'm gonna let all my super single tasters know listen if you out here lonely and looking one thing i will say these beautiful black own black run events it's a whole lot of shaking going on i'm just gonna leave it at that and i mean in a good way if you were lonely i promise you after one of these events especially look to my lady tasters you come looking like something smelling good um you won't leave lonely that's a promise look stella put money on that if any of you 
follow Fun With Friends New York City, a Kwanzaa Crawl page, and you go to any of their events, Single and Lonely, and you return Single and Lonely, I'll, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> How about that? Look, just hit me at missironbox at gmail.com. Missironbox at gmail.com. Again, if you hang out with Fun With Friends or any of the Kwanzaa Crawl type events, blacks, and you don't meet anybody. So anyway, um, again, that was my picnic basket I just wanted to share with you all. I'm loving the direction that Tasty Topics is going in. I don't plan to miss anything this summer. I've gotten to the point where I get off work at some, on Sundays at 6 o'clock in the morning. I come home, catch a cat nap, wake up an hour later, shower, put on something cute, and I'm going where I got to go. This Sunday coming, I um, signed myself up for what's called Prospect Kickback. I have no idea what it is, but it's supposed to be something going on at Prospect Park, Brooklyn. And um, the requirement is that you have on African print. I'm so excited about that. That's a part of blackness that I do love because I think that black bodies and brown skin looks so nice in African print and I am ready I'm trying to show up with this these African printed pants that I bought look from an African on the street years ago that I've only worn once and oh speaking of outfits I'm doing a summer dig today I am going to when I leave my table I'm gonna start digging up outfits and putting outfits together because I've got outfits to last me for the next few summers of Stella I really have become one of those people that only wear an outfit once. And it's not, you know, I don't think I was conscious of it. You got some people that only wear an outfit once because they don't want to be caught dead in pics wearing it again. And I'm not one of those people. What I've developed is a bad habit of following these online boutiques. So you buy so many outfits from these online boutiques that you only get to wear an outfit once because you got a hundred other outfits behind it. So yeah, I'm going to do an outfit dig and start to put stuff together. And oh, I got to slow down how I've been eating. It's only been a couple of days since I fell off the wagon and started eating meat. And I feel like I've been making up for lost time. Let's just say that, but I got to cut the shit. So it was wonderful sharing my picnic basket with you all. And um Again, if you didn't catch last week's episode, May 31st of Tasty Topics with my boy Lance Liverpool, you should go to YouTube, listen on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, and let me know what you think. And also, you know, send me through my Gmail what topics you'd like from Stella to discuss. Like, if you don't follow me on Instagram, which you should, you can hit my gmail that's missironbox at gmail.com that's missironbox at gmail.com and i hope you enjoyed the items in today's picnic basket and do i have a boy have i ever hmm hmm okay i'm gonna throw my own out there and you know what i'm gonna make you all responsible for doing hitting me in the dm if you really want to answer And my boy, have I ever for the day is going to be, have I ever hooked up with anyone at any of these black events like Kwanzaa Crawl or Fun with Friends? Oh, oh, and I'm a soaker junkie, truck to any of it. 
or you know connected and and had fun with anybody from any of these events if you really want to know the answer to that hit my gmail or hit my dm again find me on ig at stella belafonte or tasty topics or hit my gmail mezzainbox at gmail.com that's m-i-z-i-r-o-n-b-o-x at gmail.com and thank you for sitting with me at this wonderful picnic. And oh, before I go, I got to let you know, guess what I'm into this year? I have really fallen in love with canned wines. Canned wines give me such a buzz. Oh, and I got to shout out Yelp. If you all don't follow Yelp, you should because I am a Yelp elite. I'm a Yelp elite for years running and I get invited to so many fabulous events. And yesterday... I got invited to have a free meal at a DoorDash kitchen at Pies and Thighs. And I had this delicious fried chicken, some terrible mac and cheese, a good biscuit. And they didn't have booze there. So I walked to the liquor store and got me a can of wine. And it was so good. Uh, Next Tasty Topic, I'll talk about the brands that I like the most. But I've had about three different types of canned wine since I've started drinking it. You let those things chill in the freezer, pop the can, throw a straw in them. And when I tell you a buzz, buzz light year. (laughs) Well, anyway, tasters, I enjoyed this picnic with you. I hope you all are enjoying um, your spring going into summer. Let me know what... Again, what topics you'd like me to touch on. And I hope you all having fun because the weather is nice and we got to make up for some lost time. You know, the mandates are over for the most part. No more pandemic bullshit. Have fun. Don't end up with FOMO. Bye.